Hey, Podcast America, welcome to episode 14 of the Enlightened Neanderthals podcast brought to you by Training Northwest. And before we get into show notes, we're once again going to talk about Allegiance holsters. Um, all of my concealed carry holsters come from Allegiance, and they make outside the waistband as well. And most importantly of all, for those of you who are not gun guys, everybody should be carrying a first aid kit and they have ready-made, vacuum-packed first aid kits on their website. You don't need to order it with the tactical pouch it goes in. You can just order the insert. You should have one in your glove box. You should have one in the backpack you take to work. You should have one in your kitchen drawer. You should have them all around you, anywhere you are, everywhere you are. And like, know how to use them. Yeah, that's that's the second part, is you do need to know how to use all the stuff inside of there. Tobin, that's, this sounds like That's a- where Training Northwest comes in, because... We don't have it right now, but we are working on getting our first. I just had a uh, unofficial meeting with a, a friend who is probably going to take lead on first aid training for us. So big things to come in the future. And uh, show notes, Mike. What? What? what what's? I think these show notes about? should go over to Jordan. This was yeah, his recommendation. Right. Yeah. Hey, uh, well, uh, we read The Obstacle is the Way on this one um, by Ryan Holiday. Uh, he's got a few different books out that are similar to this. So if you guys uh, enjoyed this book, if you guys grabbed it and checked it out, um, yeah, he's got he's got more in the pipe. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I I liked it. I, I got a lot out of the book. I feel good about it. It kind of makes me uh, happy and when I feel kind of dark. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy the episode. All right, and we're live. So we, we were talking about a couple uh fun things here we're talking about solar generators which are basically a big battery pack that come with the inverter and everything you need sort of pre-installed and you, you could charge it off your wall but you can also buy them with a solar panel and then we got into archery and at some point we realized we should probably just push record or we're going to be here talking for the next <laughs> three four hours and then be like oh shit we didn't, we didn't record anything yeah <laughs> the well the the solar panel that i i seen that i'm interested in getting i think it's like 600 and something um and it has a battery 600 watt or 600 i think it's like six or seven hundred bucks maybe eight i don't know um but it it's like a flexible material so like the solar panel itself is actually flexible so you can put it and hook it up to your backpack and have it charging as you're moving from camp to camp Oh. And, oh, okay. And keep it that so that's, way. That's probably just for charging, like a iPhone or something. It's for charging, yeah, radios or whatever you need to. That's like relatively small. I don't know how many milliamp hour the the battery is, but yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's certainly not for charging like okay anything massive. But I mean, for headlamps and you know, yeah. small electronics, it well, would work. Yeah, and with the nice it. weather coming, I just want to be able to take our recording equipment down to the river. And sit outside and, and grill something and sit on the river and at, at some point we'll we'll record a couple of episodes right there on the river. Yeah. Water talk. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yep. Nice. Yeah, that that'll be um that'll be super nice to be able to go out and like actually like get out of the the norm, you know. <laughs> get off the mats and onto a rock <laughs> by the river. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe throw a line in. Yeah. You know, just kinda sit there and yeah. Bullshit and a fish fishing talk. Are there crawdads in that? Probably. Not. I don't. I don't think so. I, I think, think it's m- too high. I was gonna say I don't think much. Ma- the one problem we have with you know where that property is is we're above the fish ladder. Yeah. So not much makes it up to us. Except fish. Maybe, technically. Maybe, oh, up that I, ladder. They have a they have a ladder. <laughs> 
but we don't see too many fish up. up yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Um, we should we should try seeding some crawdads into the river. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we get charged with uh, yeah. intrusive yeah. species yeah. taking yeah. over, ruining right. a fucking yeah. ecosystem. ecosystem. Oh shit! <laughs> All right. Well, so today we're here to talk about the book "The Obstacle Is the Way" by Ryan Holiday. And let me see here. Open to the copyright page. I forgot to look at this beforehand. Jordan, you're, this is your choice. You're supposed to know. Yeah, all this. This, this who, book. Uh, what, who what published it? it, Jordan? Uh, Lion House. Published by Penguin Group. That's what I meant. Mm. Penguins, lions, kind of. <laughs> they all animal live, house. They all live in all uh, spirit animals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so this book actually was recommended to me, and I'm going to name drop a little bit here, um, but uh, it was recommended to me by. Shit, I can't. Oh, name drop, huh? Yeah, yeah, that really worked out for me, didn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, it was a, it was a wrestling coach that told me about it, um, and he was uh, uh, the 2000 Olympic gold medalist. Uh, oh wow! So if you guys want to know who he's talking about, go ahead and yeah. Google 2000. Brand, Brandon Slay <laughs> is his name. I can't believe I spaced out. It's every time, every time they hit this fucking <laughs> the mic this go button. On. <laughs> I blank out and I get nervous and I feel like I'm in front of a stage in front of about 12 people. You guys listening it, don't know this. Jordan's actually me. a super genius. Yeah. It's just that when we hit record, his his mind goes completely blank. Yeah, that's that's what's happening. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so the, the book was recommended um, and I took about a year before I went and picked it up. And then um, I, I just really enjoyed it. Uh, it's It's a little self-help kind of. But at a the same bit. time, yeah. um, it it has good stories and a lot of the a lot of the ways I like to live life and like just think about life is through simple like uh, uh, little stories or little sayings, you know, and just like um, the obstacle is the way is full of them, yeah, you know. Oh, so yeah. I I enjoy that. Um, it's kind of how, uh, and I don't even know what you call that. What do you call those when they're like little? Little idioms, but I don't know. I might be using the wrong word. Like, not a proverb, but a um, a saying. But the proverbs, like, I mean, Tyler did it. Tyler Stanaway on the uh, Compassionate Viking. uh, He did. He did something on like um, proverbs, right? Or was it was it proverbs or was it? I don't know. The uh, I know it wasn't pronouns. No, no, it was. uh, (laughs) It was. It was about a Vikings like. Oh, was that when he read through the uh, whatever? God, I can't remember the name of their book. Um, it was like 26 different yeah, things or something like they, anyway yeah proverbs yeah so, so anyway like, it's, 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 not, it's something? not the book of the bible called proverbs but proverbs is a noun like you can yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway well so that, i i just like that um growing up in wrestling there was a lot of that shit um just like how to be a better person um and how to be how to be like the way you want to be and being stoic and um certain certain things um so this this has is full of that and i i enjoyed it i don't know what you guys think this is actually the first time i've recommended a book and i'm sitting with people that are <laughs> have read it they actually read it yeah, yeah so yeah um no i i like and obviously the title the obstacle is the way you guys can kind of guess what the book's about um but the you know in a nutshell it's about you know taking you know whatever happens in your life that is a hindrance and figuring out how to make it work to your advantage, which is a great message. And it's something I've been hitting on a lot just in the last couple of years, because 
when uh, the COVID lockdowns happened and small businesses were being crushed, at first I was kind of angry about it. And then I realized that what's happening is opportunity. Every small business that voluntarily closes its doors just opened an opportunity for someone else who's got the courage to go out and say, you know what, fuck this. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I am going to open. I'm going to make something happen. And training Northwest is literally that. Like I saw opportunity. If, if you choose to just roll over it, like the economy's crashing, fuck it, I guess we'll just go home and cry. No, it, it, right now is the time to start a business because you're going to, you know, if, if I can run a business in this economy, yeah. maybe, maybe the economy turns around or maybe it crashes completely and then it doesn't matter. Yeah. But if I can run a business in this economy, imagine where I'll be in a booming one. eight years yeah. when, it, when it comes back around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that the message that in every dilemma or every negative thing that you think like rather than looking at something that happens to you as a negative try to step back from it take a breath and go okay what what's a different angle to look at this and how do i make advantage out of this Mm -hmm. yeah they there's a a lot of uh a lot of positive messages in that you know and yeah exactly what you're saying when when different perspective can really uh, recharge your batteries. I've noticed in my life with like um, just, just any, anything that like, you know how you, when a friend is in some shit and they're like, I don't know what to do, you know? And then you're like, well, it's simple. Like do it like this. I'm not in his shoes. So I can look at it from, uh, the aspect of not being necessarily emotionally involved. I was just going to say, you're not emotionally invested in it. And that's one of the things that, you know, probably one of the tenets of stoicism is to remove that emotional investment, take a step back and detach yourself and look at it. You look at your problem as an outsider. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can, you can make, you don't get frozen. You don't, you know, you can move, make moves that make sense based on the situation. Um, and not having the uh, the attachment of your emotions is pretty yeah. important. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, obviously, you you need to be emotional. You want to be emotional, right? But um, in certain instances, it, it helps a lot to not have to look through that window. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, and Did also you- just the notion that failure is okay. And that's something that kind of – I didn't learn that lesson probably until – I was in my 30s. Really, it was when I went through the electrical apprenticeship because every day as an electrician, you have all these small little failures where your measurements are off by three-eighths of an inch or the wire, you've, you've been pulling a 200-foot wire pole and you end up six feet or six inches short. And you're like, shit, I got to go. We got to pull this all out, re- re-roll it and start all over again. And, you know, those in, in the bigger scope of things, you forget all about that that night, but you just have to realize that you're going to fuck some stuff up and you're going to have to redo it. And then each time you'll learn that lesson, like that sucked pulling that wire back. Like we pulled out seven, like most of you guys aren't going to know what I'm talking about, but we pulled 750 Casey mill medium voltage cable. This stuff weighed like nine pounds a foot, big, thick, you know, probably three and a half inch diameter cables. We pulled them a thousand feet in and got it stuck and had to pull it back out and re-roll it four cables each with their own individual steel reel. We had to pull a thousand feet back out. It took two days to pull it back out and re-roll it onto its reels so that we could figure out what, what was going on inside the conduit that it got stuck in. And so just fighting through shit like that and under, like, you know what, there's a process here. 
Yeah. It, it didn't work. So now we're resetting and understanding and having a little bit of patience rather than wanting to just cram at home, cram at home, cram at home. Hey, option A didn't work out for us. Our, our first plan failed. So right. now we've got to go through this process of resetting so that we can come up with a plan B. Now, yeah. I think that's a pretty it, important life lesson. Well, yeah. And that's the beauty of construction um, really is because it's like, you know what? This has to happen. Yeah. It's there's no there's no other uh we are getting paid to make this happen. Yeah. So guess what? It's going to fucking happen. Yep. Whether we have to pull it back out, remake some conduit runs, um, or, or whatever it ends up being, we have to find that there is an obstacle and we need to find a way through it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And oftentimes it's just doing the hard thing is the right thing because nobody wants to pull that shit back out and go, okay, yeah. well, we got to pull this back out as opposed to like get a bigger tugger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because sometimes it's like, oh, just just go, like you said, not having the patience and not having the uh, the outside perspective of like, hey, like we don't have to just pull harder. Maybe we need to pull it back and do the hard thing, which is. Yeah. Take, take a delay in the project, yeah. possibly. But, you know, like Jordan said, one way or another, this has to get done and we can't miracle it into place. So mm-hmm. the fact that plan A failed means now we got to come up with plan B. And there's no sense crying about it. Just time to reset and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that 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 carries through this entire book. That that whole um, notion of um, just making things happen in in different perspectives. Uh, and I I don't know. I I found it useful in a lot of different things. Um, and they they Ryan Holiday has a way of like saying things that simplifies and sounds elegant. And I am fascinated by that because that is something that I want to be able to do is like have clear, concise communication and uh, actually be able to like communicate in that kind of way. Um, So listening to that book or um, reading that book and his other books as well, um, you find more and more of it, you know, so... Mike, you're, Mike, you're awful quiet today. Did yeah, you, he didn't. Did he, he didn't uh, I was just going to say, did you read the book? He didn't read this book. I read the book, but I get <laughs> a completely different understanding from reading this book. To me, this isn't about self-help. This isn't about, like, how you do better in this world. Um, I think stoicism is interesting uh, because you start to see people of an older time understand how the world really works. And I think this type of literature and what they're saying really plugs into the metaphysics of the world we live in. Like what this is, is a base level programming in the natural biological world that we live in. I know that sounds kind of heady and stuff, but you're absolutely right, though. I mean, we're we're hitting it from a very like surface level mm-hmm. right now, but at the at the core of what they're saying, it is based on um, attitude and effort and what what you can put into life and how life is. No, I mean like this is evolution. The theory of evolution is this book in certain ways, like so. You got a problem that you need to get up onto the beach. So over generations, you sprout legs. Kind of, yes, 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 exactly. And these are natural laws that plug into our life in in how physical reality happens. And I, it's so much bigger than just 
you need you have a problem in front of you and you need to address it and that will give you a better life or it's not an opportunity because i mean take example there was a south american type of ground mouse right and it lived in the desert and it was kind of a blackish thing it got moved and it started progressing out of the grasslands moving towards the desert a bit more and then there was once it started roaming to this new area a certain particular hawk started to hunt these mice right and these mice were kind of a blackish color and in the sands of the desert they stood out extremely Mm -hmm. so over time and time and time these mice started to change genetically and they evolved to have lighter hair Right. And that lighter hair kept that blood lineage going because they weren't seen by the hawks. They weren't a black dot on a white sandy beach. Right. Or a white sandy desert. And so if you kind of take that same principle and apply it, I mean, this, the obstacle is the way is what evolution itself is. I mean, evolution is a couple different processes. It's mutation. Right. You can have evolution through mutation. Uh, and then you also get evolution through not only selective breeding, but environmental problems like the environment around you, the predators, the environment of the weather, the food that's around you. Those things will influence how you grow and what you become. And this book hits that in a very base level principle way, I think, that when most people see a problem and they're like, oh my God, I need to just push this out of my mind, tuck and fold. I don't want to deal with this. Those are the people or the animals in history that die. What evolution is, is people continuing to fight and those strongest of strongest living and their genes press on. This book is exactly that. It is saying that in life there will be problems and it is your not only job, duty, and benefit to solve this, but having these problems is the only way to make you better. If there wasn't an asteroid here we wouldn't that took out the dinosaurs, we wouldn't be here. That problem, something that's so shitty as an asteroid wiping out every, almost all the animals on life created new life for us to evolve and become humans, right? So this book, I mean, you can say it's about bettering your life, but to me, it just hits on fundamental, like... Principles of life. Order, like programming of the matrix. Like if existing was a program, Mm -hmm. this theory, I think, is one of the base levels of programming. It evolves animals, it evolves mind, it involves technology, intellect. They give a million examples about problems, Steve Jobs one, and how he solved it and made yeah. it better and better. Mm-hmm. This, you can micro-macro, you can take it as small as something as getting fired from work, or you can take it as big as something as asteroid hitting the world and us changing or a famine or a disease or mm-hmm. anything that's yeah. a problem yeah. it's also opportunity and that's chaos that's life that's evolution things will happen things will continue it's just it's, yeah no matter what things are going to continue yeah yeah so just understand that and be ready to deal with it yeah so for me i didn't read this as kind of like a self-help as to like how to be better when there's a problem present presented and know that you can achieve and there might be some opportunity it's like 
that's just life. Yeah. Life is supposed to be problems. The minute you don't have a problem in an animal environment, you don't have evolution. Like, like some of the dinosaurs, like for hundreds of millions of years, they've stayed the same. Sharks have stayed the same. But I guarantee you, if dolphins started growing little fingers and hands and they could hold sharp little coral or knives and they're stabbing sharks left and right, well, that's going to put on some evolutionary function for these sharks to figure out how to go. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's just, this is a beginning. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I, it, for me, like, I just, I really enjoyed that. I That's how I like to think about a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is so multifaceted. The scope is the huge. The scope is yeah. big. And you can kind of, like, look at simple um, ideas that can, you know, expand into pretty heavy ones. Yeah. So, I, I and he gives, you know... Uh, Example after example of it. Yeah. So that that is something that I enjoy about this a lot. What do you actually think about the book? Did you like it? Did you, I mean. Yeah, it was a good, I I liked it. It was a very good book. Yeah. And they give a lot of different, and you know, so one, it hits on that factor, but then like micro macro, you take it to the micro level of individual experiences and they get a lot of references. And uh, I thought the Lincoln one was very good one about someone who had depression and had had a challenging life. Um, but maybe because of those challenges, he was the perfect, perf- perfect person for this job and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you can have a light of sh- life of shit and problems constantly happening. And you think, oh, poor me, I live this crappy life. But in actuality, all those problems are making you ready for this moment it's giving you kind of an armor to withstand these certain things and that's something i found in mma and fighting when i was younger was just what it meant to grind just to continue doing on maybe it's not fun you don't feel good you don't feel bad you just know that something has to happen and that that grind to just endure and go on and on and on I feel it kind of carries over in some of this book that it's your purpose. It's your point. You have to do things. There's going to be tough times and problems happen, and that creates opportunity. And then opportunity is going to be good, but good times don't last forever. You're going to have bad times. So the important thing is, like that evolution, just to continue to grind. You just keep going. And there are certain morals and stories. Perseverance. A lot of the young guys at the gym have asked, they're like, how are you in such good shape? Well, perseverance. it's, it's yeah. literally a lifetime grind yeah. of multiple times every week getting out in the gym or in the garage and getting sweaty and not worrying about what I'm going to gain in the next 10 days, but just more establishing like this long, long track record of perseverance and grinding away. And at some point you look at yourself and you go, oh, it did work. Change has happened. Yeah. 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 Um, and I also... Kind of well, it is related. Um, for whatever reason, the social security department has my home of record address as my parents' address, so my social security statement goes to my parents' house every year. And my mom called me, I think it was last year, and she's like, "God, I," she's like, "I accidentally opened your social security, uh, whatever thing that comes every year." She's like, "Did you realize you've been employed since you were 15 years old with no break?" <laughs> like, huh? Yeah, I, I don't have a college degree. I have. 
I have a high school diploma from a public school and a journeyman electrician's license. And I've done pretty goddamn well for myself. Fuck yeah. And it's because I've just been persevering and grinding and just working. I'm always, mm-hmm. I am always working on something. I, I, I say I have two and a half jobs right now, but yeah. that's the way I've always been. I've never been a 40 hour a week and then go put my feet up and enjoy the, uh, enjoy the breeze type. I'm always grinding away. My brain is always going, my body's always going, and I'm always scratching away at something. And sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes I'm like, you know what, fuck it. It's just time to let this one go and move on to the next thing. But there's always something that I'm I'm scratching away at. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's that's something I've enjoyed about you in, like, uh, the time I've known you. Uh, you know, obviously at first it was like, oh, here's uh, a boss. Super handsome guy. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was like, <laughs> look at this fucking retard, and he's really making stuff work for himself. No, uh, it was it was just, you know, you were you were kind of at the the upper echelon of what we're doing at work, and then out outside of work, when we got to know each other, you were coming in here and you were learning a new skill, right? And because a lot of times people come to jujitsu or they talk about jujitsu or just anything new, and uh, they dabble for a few months and then they're out. Yeah, um, it's humility. It's yeah, yeah. But you you pushed through that, and then I remember you, we went out and did. Um, shooting right we were all kind of getting into guns and stuff like and not you obviously you'd been into it but i was getting into guns and you took a few of us out and you showed us some shooting stuff and then you were like you know what i think i want to make something of this yeah. and now here two years later where are we sitting you know i'm wearing your fucking training northwest shirt <laughs> and and you got a company that you're making shit happen and and it's growing and getting bigger and 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 you're finding, you know, you're establishing your, your footprint. So for me, watching you build that has been really kind of cool. Um, and, you know, like I've said, I, I feel like because I've been close to it and seen it, I find like somewhat ownership and I want to see it thrive because it's just like, mm-hmm. it's like, this is so cool. And this is the energy is so positive around it yeah. that I want to be a part of it. You know, yeah. um, it's the same with the gym too. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was, in fact, I was. I was sitting on the toilet in Greg's gym downstairs, and I was looking around at how nice, because Jenny remodeled the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, she did a really nice job. And uh, I was like, man, think about what this gym was a year ago and what it looks like today. And they're not even done with the full remodel. Yeah, And it's it's just scratching away little by little. And yeah. I think Greg says, like, for the first eight years, this was basically a hobby. And yeah. it, it made no money. It cost him money. Yeah, And then at some point, like a bad thing happened in his life. He was fired from his job. And rather than go home and cry in his Cheerios, Mm -hmm. he took advantage. And now he has this wildly successful podcast. His gym has grown by umpteen hundred percent. And he, rather than take the money and buy a yacht, he rolled all the money back into the gym, expand, you know what I mean? And so it's like this big snowball. Being able to pivot and punch back. Exactly. Mm -hmm. When life is throwing punches at you, you'd be able to pivot and punch back. And that's exactly what I've seen people do. And and not give up in those, you know, the first eight years when it was costing money, it would have been pretty easy to say, you know what, fuck it. I just need to focus on my family and working some overtime. But again, perseverance, common theme here to just stick with it. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And along the lines of like, hey, the the day we went out shooting with the guys from work and I was like, all right, I'm going to show you guys some stuff. And then really the the light bulb came on for training Northwest when we were locked down uh, in spring of 2020 and I needed something. I was like, God, I'm bored. I need something to do. 
and the rifle range was open. So I thought, okay, I'll go sign up for a rifle range. And when I did the safety class, only two out of 20 people in the room had ever fired a gun before in their life. And so everybody was kind of standing there going, well, we joined the range hoping someone would show us what to do. And that was when I was like, oh, shit. There's, <laughs> there's a huge deficit of, you know, these, these sort of, um, it's like the Boy Scout type skills that your dad used to take you out in the woods and teach you. Yeah. The people are growing up in suburbia now and they don't get that. So um, that, that, that is where Training Northwest came from. And the first year, I lost money. I'll probably lose money this year, but that's okay. I'm and just the third gonna, year, you're going to roll the money that you make back into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, what I mean? that, like, that's the other thing. The, the reason I always lose money is because there is so much infrastructure to build out there that it's it's never going to end. So there's there's a reason I still have a day job, which is I have to pay my bills and buy food. Yeah. And training Northwest is just all that money just rolls rolls right over into like shit. We got to get a dirt contractor out here, and people think like, oh, business owner, you're rich. Um, Remind no. me after we'll talk offline about that. Well, but even there, it's like, okay, I'm talking about a dirt contractor. Somewhere out there is somebody who's like, I should just buy a bulldozer and go talk to that guy and be like, you know what, man? I'm thinking about taking out a loan and buying a bulldozer, and I'd love to be your dirt. Like, fucking done. Yeah. I'll, I'll pay you cash when I when I make enough to hire you to come out and do it. Yeah. Um, that That's through building businesses and different things um, that I've watched, you know, I, I've done a little bit. I've dabbled in like the fencing stuff. Like I had somebody come out to my property and like uh, asked him for a fence and they were like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll do it. And then it was going to be like $16,000 for a chain link fence. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So that's exactly what I started doing. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I can build a fence, yeah. you know? Yeah. And if anybody needs a fence that's listening. <laughs> uh, well that, and that goes uh, we've talked about this before, but you know, growing up, there was this attitude that if you don't go get this fancy college degree, you're never going to be able to make money. But the reality is, look around, look at all the shit you pay for that you just need and or want, and the guys who uh, can make it happen. Exactly, the, yeah. the guys who are willing to buy a flatbed truck and throw a bunch of lawnmowers and weed eaters in it and drive around knocking on doors in suburban neighborhoods, mm -hmm. they do pretty fucking well. Well, that's the thing. Anything you see in this world is manual labor, whether yeah. it's a fantastic house, a building, a car, an invention that's an electronic, mm -hmm. you know, upkeep. It, 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 yeah, upkeep. Uh, it all takes manual labor. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's, uh, it's kind of funny. I watched a, a, a drone uh, pressure washing a roof and a uh, <laughs> siding of the house shit. the other day. God um, damn it! Just shot that all the shit. Yeah, but, right. but I mean, I I know you got a but fucking Roomba drone that goes up and yeah. sprays the moss. Somebody's off your doing roof. that. I mean, the fact of the matter is, we we have somebody that we train with here that he started a company and that's what he does. Yeah, and he's looking to hire more people. Like, he, and he's just grinding. He's making it happen, Jack. Yeah, and he's just. Is oh, that what Jack does? Yeah, okay. he started a company that. and, he, and he, that's what he does. Yeah, we have so. a Roomba drone that can make me another Bloody Mary. Right. Oh yeah. No, it's, no, it's called the Jordan. Well, we'll take a pee break. Jordan here at some point. Yeah. Um, Hang but, on. Okay. No, go ahead. Um, yeah. So just, just on that, like watching people persevere through, um, certain things that they didn't think necessarily possible or they saw, I, I, I feel like this book really like, cause I, I can get into spots where I'm like, ah, oh, shit, you know, like what, what a bummer. And I, it's easy to get stuck in that mindset of like, I'm in this situation. And then like, this book gives me hope because it's like, hey, shake it up, relax, and look at it from a different angle and then make your move because you have to get through this regardless. 
And that's kind of, you know, that wrestling mentality is just crying through it and you're going to get through it. And like, I can be uncomfortable. Like nobody's, nobody can, <laughs> nobody can out uncomfortable me. Like my kitchen. I haven't had a kitchen for two fucking years. I was, I was just going to ask. Look at me. My toes Over are here. I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about making a fucking uh, side business where I'm cooking for people. You know what I mean? Like, and I have no kitchen. So make it work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. At, at yeah. some point you just, you just make it happen. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. You now, know, well, so, I, I want to go back real quick because yeah. we we sort of breezed through. You, you talked about starting here at the jujitsu gym, and one of the uh, um, one of the other qualities this book talks about is humility. Mm-hmm. So, combining humility and perseverance is how you get through that initial white belt phase. Because you're right, I came in, and I came here knowing that my, like my reason for starting to train was. I was having too much success in life and I need, it was like, Jesus, I need to go be bad at something because I need to get grounded a little bit. Um, but a lot of people come in thinking I'm 32 years old. I've always been athletic. I'm strong. I'm just going to, I'll go up there and just kind of smash the, like I'll, I'll pretty quickly be one of the top guys. Cause I'm just more athletic than them. And you find out really fast. That's not the case. Um, and I think a lot of people, they don't have the humility to, just get crushed for a couple of, like I'm three years in and I still get smashed every fucking night that I roll. Right. And there's, there's no way to excuse it away. You just have to stand up and be like, shake their hand and say, Hey, that was really good. I've been doing Thanks. this for more than three years and I still get crushed. Yeah. yeah. It's just part of it. It's what makes it so good. But to come humility. in like, so I was a foreman at work. I've been an army ranger, CIA con like I've done all like, Every sports team I tried out for when I was a kid, I made. You know what I mean? So just success after success after success. And then to walk in here and just get fucking smashed by every single person in the room, you have to have humility and you have to have perseverance or you just won't. You'll you'll be one of those guys who comes in, signs up for a month, and then we don't Out see you here. again after three weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and that that's... It's important. And I mean, the thing is, is like you can get that in a lot of different ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be jujitsu, though I am biased and believe it should be. Yes. Um, there's, there's, I think like, running, like, well, running, smoking weed, getting a panic attack, <laughs> you know what I mean? like taking, taking mushrooms and fighting through that. That's, I mean, honest to God, like, uh, if I start feeling like I'm a tough guy and all of a sudden I have a panic attack from doing something like that, yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden, like, I start realizing, like, I'm not shit. You're a wet towel on the ground. Yeah, man. and it's yeah. like, it's like, hey, you know what? You need to, you need to, like, recognize what your girlfriend does for you, and like, recognize these things because I'll forget it. Yeah. And then something like that goes down, and it's like, oh, you know what? I really need to like ground myself and understand, like, this is not who you should be. Yeah. You know, and have the humility and be able to admit fault and wrongs and yeah. uh that that is something that helps because it's like oh i'm not good at this yeah i don't i don't like smoking weed because of that and yeah. it's and it's not it is almost like a it, it's a challenge right like it, it's not <laughs> it's not in some people like look at it and they go like what are you talking about it feels good every single time i've done it it's like Oh fuck. Oh fuck, 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 fuck. And then I have to sit there and think about it and go like, you know, fight through the the 
anxiety of like everybody here like is judging me about this and like who am I and like it really like rips apart like what I am about and who I am and like what people think of me and does it matter and I go through all this crazy shit and people are like that was just some weed and I'm like it's not just weed for me dude it's not I got I dude it, it gets gnarly for me and that's almost every single time okay and so um, people talk about ayahuasca and how it, it's like <laughs> sure. smoke some fucking sativa and we'll have the same conversation oh like and, and i think that's like you know kind of goes into that quantum physics kind of thought process of like you know i could have a broken bone and you can have a scratch but it's the same kind of pain yeah. because that's the worst that's happened that to you felt, yeah. so for me, that's where it's at. And it's like, holy shit, like this is, this is next level for me. And I can't, I can't imagine doing more than that, but I, I'm so sensitive to it mm-hmm. that it, it really, really messes with me. Um, which is why I don't do it very mm-hmm. often. Um, but that's, that's, a, um, just like what I gain from it is that deep of like that, that kind of like, holy shit, you know? Yeah. Not very often have I been like this is deep, fun. deep revelations and a panic attack. Oh yeah, Holy oh yeah, shit. all right. Yeah, I mean, in growing up, I used to get panic attacks all the time, right? So right? like, oh, just out of nowhere, I just every night. Oh shit! Every night, I'd have a panic attack, and I'd like to the point where I like have to look at my fingers, and I'd be like, look, they're turning white because I'm not getting oxygen to my body. Like, oh, oh wow. I'm not able to breathe. Jeez. And I'm breathing, and I'm not going to die. But it's like, I think I'm going to die, and that was every fucking night from like. I don't know, first or second grade up until junior high. Jesus. And then it was just like, fuck, 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 fuck. So, like, that is beneficial in the fact that, like, I can be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Very, very uncomfortable and stay there. But I don't necessarily want to push, put myself there. But yeah. I know I can function in a lot of different fucking uncomfortable ways. Yeah. So... There's that. Well, that was something in the book. It's kind of how to just, I mean, it's not how to operate uncomfortably. It's that there's going to be moments in life that are uncomfortable and that you need to realize it's part of life and there could be opportunities there. And it kind of makes me think of a thought experiment I heard a long time ago. Like if you had a Buddhist in a Nazi concentration camp, could you still be happy? Do you have strong enough will of your mind? Like this book we read where it's like, hey, man, this stuff is only happening at the moment. Like that guy that went to jail in the book, and he's like, hey, man, you can take this. You Take but, naps, read books. Yeah, but Sounds he's like, like a party. you're not going to take my dignity. Yeah. You can take my freedom. You can put me in the cell. You can throw me in the... Uh, Hurricane Carter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you can do all these things, but I'm still going to have respect. I'm still going to be me. You still don't get the right to put your hands on me and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it makes me think of what, you know, what can you truly achieve with your mind? If you were in a concentration camp and people were dying all around you, what would it take to actually be happy? Could you look at that situation and say, hey, there's opportunity in this somehow? Oh, boy. I mean, I think I think that's a that's a skill, um, and it takes books like this or um, mentors to kind of coach it. Yeah, um, or just having a, an outlook on life. 
Yeah. Few people have an outlook on life that's so profound that they don't need to have a book. And that's why books have been yeah, you know, so, made so you for share ideas. Yes. Right. But like, and it's, and it's special because there are some people, and that's, there, there are, there are ideas that need to be shared um, mm-hmm. through book. It's just, it's, it's impressive that that is what's been passed on for so many years and it's still something that happens constantly yeah. like that's something that hasn't changed like the book books have been like ideas have been put in books and those have been passed down as long as there's been written language even on you know caves or yeah clay tablets before, before written language when there was just pictures yeah. yeah and it's just like huh you know and it's that's something that is not unique to us it is unique to human yeah like and it's you, we can share that all the way down, going like, "Hey, this is a good thing that like we better like we better figure out a way to pass this in the next lineage." Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I want, and that's what we were talking about before, as far as like evolution. You know, so books are kind of that. It's pushing these ideas, right? I mean, yeah. in a, in a certain way, maybe yeah, not, yeah, maybe yeah, not yeah, evolution yeah, yeah, yeah. in like a physical way, but yeah, like, yeah. I mean, we're passing down. Well, it's propagating thing. into the next generation. Yeah, and then they're so going to take it dies. and, and ele- you know change it and change it and change it and change yeah. it. Yeah, you know, yeah. well, it's, what do they call it? like accumulate or not accumulated knowledge, but like um, yeah, uh, maybe that is the right word. Yeah, that is. Yeah, okay. building off of old technologies on new technologies. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, other people basically, you know, we're talking about not being afraid to fail and make mistakes. It's people writing down what what worked for them, so that you can sort of bypass some of their mistakes and not have to start from, from scratch. scratch with experimentation, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's gonna that you know the crabs that learn how to hold sticks to poke sharks, like yeah. you're saying, <laughs> dolphins, maybe, <laughs> dolphins, whatever. Yeah. You know, maybe those dolphins end up, you know, sharpening their fucking noses and getting ready to <laughs> Gets like a nose job well you know just yeah, like yeah, yeah, grinding yeah. into stuff to over make it callous and, over and, over, and now yeah. we're like oh we got to go grind our nose into sand to make it callous so these yeah. little sticks don't fuck us up you yeah. know what i mean and all of a sudden you get a bunch of you know callous nosed dolphins <laughs> yeah. out there you know <laughs> but like that that's something that like you know we do with books it's like hey in order to do this you need to think about it like this and with the stoicism stuff and um, you know, just in the very beginning with stories that they they pass through these books and like the king putting, you know, a note and money underneath a big boulder in the middle of a fucking Oh, road. that, yeah, 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 you see know? who moves it, yeah. Um, and people just like, hey, you know what, I need to move this and it'll help me and it'll help everybody else, like, do the hard thing. Yeah. Don't just go around it. Yeah. Um, oftentimes that ends up being the, the proper and right thing to do. Yeah. And also sometimes the... It's just to say Oftentimes sometimes the, the new moral way around. Thing. Yeah. But there, there's a flip side to that, which is that the new path around can lead to some sort of advantage that you didn't know yeah. existed there before. Because so your not, perspective changes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I think so. It just goes to show that opportunity is everywhere. Yeah. I mean, actually. opportunity is just... That's why, like, if someone's kind of a failure or you got, like, a family friend or someone like that, and they're kind of a loser. It'll never work. It, It'll but, never do. But the, all, yeah. everyone always says the sa- same thing. They're like, it's so sad because he had potential. Yeah. And what is potential? Potential is opportunity, right? So if you're looking throughout the world and opportunity is everything, then you have to understand that this book kind of hits on it. Just try everything, do everything, never quit. You 
this road's closed, but that one's open, new opportunity. And if you don't seize opportunity, like they're saying with the Steve Jobs thing, or no, it was uh, Rockefeller. And like he, people want to give him investment money. And he's like, this isn't the right time to do it. I'm going to wait for another thing. Um, it's like, you're looking at these, there's not an opportunity now, but there's going to be one tomorrow or the day after that. And it's just really being open to what is an opportunity and also seeing how many opportunities there are constantly being thrown out. And if you kind of notice that it's like, well, now it's kind of your fault for not taking action. Yeah. Jen and I read some stat a few years back and I have no, I mean, I don't know how they quantified this, but they said that most people will dismiss, you'll, you'll have four or five kind of ideas of something you want to do in a day and you'll mm -hmm. dismiss all of them within like 40 seconds. Yeah. Because you'd be like, oh, no, I can't do that. Can't do that. Can't like, do oh, that. Oh, this would be so much fun or this would be so successful. And then you go, oh, yeah, but, you know, the paperwork or the cost to start it up or blah, 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 blah. And, and, and you didn't even try. You might have had the best day doing something and you didn't even try. And that's what I find, like, there's a stat, like, S&P 500 business owners, I think it's 90% of them have gone bankrupt. But it's like, what is that? They're trying to just make something happen. Opportunity. Let's go with this. It failed. Let's go with this. Yep. It failed. Let's go with this. It failed. Well, I know this failed, that failed, that failed. New educated guests. Let's go with this. One thing happens and you have Learn. the iPhone. Well, you have that's that's what they talk about in this book, though. There's, yeah. a, there's a portion of it where they're talking about um, tech companies and how they yep. have the minimum viable, viable product. And they oh, launch yeah. that, so they can because they just let it fail. If it yeah, let to. it fail. If it, mm -hmm. it, it fail often and early, you know, so you're taking less of a hit, but you're trying things out and seeing what the market wants. Yeah. There's one so, thing I didn't like about that, and that that was one of the points of that. I think that might have been the only point of the book I didn't like, is that idea of like, well, let's let's just do the minimum in case it fails. I don't like that, and because. I think that I've learned more from failure than from success because because it sticks in my craw. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I, I fucked this up and I know I know the mistakes I made now and it's like it it bothers me so much that I'll never forget it. And so yeah. those those yeah. lessons are I mean, they are burned in. Yeah. But, but I I don't think yeah, I don't necessarily know that they're they're saying like fail in the sense of like, we're going to put this out and fail on purpose, but it's like, we're going to put this out. And if it doesn't make it, it doesn't mean we're going to give up. It means that's what we're going to launch to the people. And then we'll make adjustments, but we're still behind the scenes, still working, but we're putting forth a product to get it going. Yeah, and then me, we're, still yeah, like we're still we're, building We're looking behind. for overnight success. And if it doesn't get overnight success, we'll just let it close, which uh, well, I, kinda, we'll, we'll I, pivot, I get the business we'll model to make it work. Because you're 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 doing the same thing with your with your you know company, right? With training Northwest, you're going out and you're going to okay. Well, here's what we're going to do. How am I going to market this? And then you were you were paying for ads, right? You started um, paying for ads, and then like it wasn't necessarily no, working. No, the only the only marketing I've ever done is uh, this podcast and going on Greg's and you know business cards. And I guess I have paid a little. I mean, we're talking less than a hundred dollars yeah, for yeah, some yeah. social media. Yeah, and then uh, you, marketing. The, it didn't seem to work for you. I, I don't. I have no idea because social media is such a. 
Like and subscribe, guys. Yeah. yeah. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah, yeah but in Leave that, a comment. What he was saying about that, I think also it's like, in the eyes of this book, it's better to put something out there and see what happens than to never do anything at all. Sure. So if some of those tech companies are like, maybe it's not the best, I, I know I just this. don't like the notion of half-assing it. Yeah, in, yeah, In yeah. case it fails. Oh, no, yeah. no. I, I agree. I say I agree give it your you. full effort. And if it fails, it fails, and you're going to feel bad about it. But because you because you gave it the full effort, you're going to feel really bad when it fails. Yeah, and that's what really causes that okay. lesson to burn in. I, I I I feel what you're saying. I didn't think that that's what they meant by it. I thought they were like, we're going to give everything we got to it, and then as soon as we have something that will work for this product, as soon as we have anything that's like this is what it is, we're going to fucking throw it out there, and we're going to keep trying to develop behind it. But we're gonna see what the what customers want from it, yeah. Okay. And then we're gonna make our changes based on what the company wants, and kind of have that lead where we're going. But we are going to continue with this project. Yeah, it's okay. that's what I thought they were trying to say. I didn't sense. necessarily think they were like, "Oh, fuck it, we're we're gonna try something else." You know, pet tracking. You know? I, I yeah. just feel like all these, weird. all these tech startups are like, they're, it's get rich quick schemes. Yeah, and if they don't get rich quick, then they just walk away. Yeah, I could. I mean, I, could I think that's that. kind of tech, though, because tech is so aggressive and fast moving. If something hits or something put out there and it doesn't hit, yeah, you're it's right. usually not it's scrapped. Dead, then. Yeah. It's no, it's usually reformatted and turned into something else. I mean, Instagram's <laughs> so, been Facebook, MySpace, yeah. Vine. One of, my, one of my favorite memes is like, you got to respect Facebook's range. It went from like a way to find your ex girlfriends from high school to, uh, <laughs> Like a w- and then, you know, the way you connect with family, blah, 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 to now it's where you find used furniture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Fucking <laughs> wild. Yeah, I think tech's interesting, though, because they use so many examples. And I think it is, like, the speed at which tech happens is much more innovative than, you know, modern bread-making skills compared to old bread-making skills. Like, just the nature of it growing and... It's complexity. I think tech is used, and I've, you know, from self-help to philosophy to a lot of these type of books, tech is always used because the growth is so extreme. It's so new, and I think it's kind of captivating. And so I feel you'll get a lot of tech models and stuff like that that kind of correlate between these two things because that's striking while the iron hot is hot is very much, you know, a Silicon Valley in making it happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why you see like these Google execs and these YouTube execs that are into this mindfulness and these types of ideas of like, how can we try harder and be better? I mean, don't get me wrong. They've got their negatives too, but I do feel you feel this a lot more from tech than being like, we're a concrete company. Let's innovate. (laughs) You know, they're like, we pour concrete. We're we're all going to meditate before we pour the slab. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Not fucking happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I see what you're saying there. You know, but because you're you're just trying to keep up with technology, keep up with and technology it's so fast. Yeah, exactly, and that's I guess that's part of the reason why I always like fall back and I go, you know, I just really like knives. You know, I really like sharp shit and like yeah. you know that because it's like it's if there's something there's, it has th- not changed. Yeah, there's something special about something that's so old that was so perfect that we're still using it. Yeah, you know, and there's something yeah. about those things and like really putting effort into that and not necessarily. Um, innovating, but 
becoming a master perfecting at, yeah, yes yeah. At, flawless at, yes to try and to try and gain expertise in something that's like you know i like i i've been wrestling for fucking 28 years no 20 29 years right that's how, how okay jordan let's do a little math how old are you uh, 33 <laughs> subtract yeah. 4 yeah it equals yeah go 20, ahead 28 okay <laughs> oh, <damn it>. <laughs> <laughs> uh October, October, years. yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, whatever. So, the uh, that just thinking about that, right? And I'm still kind of doing it, and I fucking am still learning shit. Yeah. And still, like, and it's like, okay, they're like, this is a lifelong endeavor of like trying to get something and like then try and pass it down and in a consumable way and things that I have seen work. But that's um, also what makes it fascinating is the idea that you can never perfect it so you're never going i used to say with mountain bike the the day i know the day i lost interest in mountain bike racing was the day i won a race because i was like okay well i did it yeah what now yeah exactly yeah and mountain biking is the same way like downhilling where you'll never have a perfect run and if you ever did have a perfect run i would probably lose interest in it the next day because you'd, you'd be okay well we did it um you see that guy who who won uh, the downhill, whatever, like the U.S. Open or whatever the fuck, uh, with a broken chain. Oh yeah, that was years ago. Yeah, that was just it was cool to see. There's, <laughs> there's like, been a couple <laughs> of like uh, World Cup runs where they broke their chain and just threw. But it it actually less kinda, drag. Like, you know, well, let's pumping. let's talk about yeah mindset. Something bad just happened. What's the opportunity there? Now you have to corner everything perfect. You have to pay really close attention to your braking points and your cornering speed and carrying momentum through rough sections and because you don't have this crutch of the pedals where you can you can throw a yeah. few strokes in a smooth spot and gain a little speed. You have to charge hard. Yeah. It, well, no, it's actually not that. You actually have to kind of relax a little bit into it and man it's it's all about managing energy through a corner, through through roots, through big chunky rocks. You have mm-hmm. to manage that energy perfectly. And keep as much uh, velocity as you can at all times. Mm. It, it, it's it's okay. everything, man. I, <laughs> I, I think this, you know one. The one point from this book is that literally anything in life that happens to you, you can back off it a little bit and go, okay, what's what's the opportunity right here, right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that it makes me feel. Um, it makes me. Feel, it gives me hope. Like I said, you know, going into going into a rough patch of life. Or, you know, looking at, like, the economy. Oh, my God, the economy's going to crash. It's like, well, what are the opportunities? Yeah. They're, they're here. They're here. They're, 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 they're amongst here. us. They're, that's never changing. Yeah. There's always going to be an opportunity of growth. Yeah. What do I need to do to capture it? Yeah. And where is it going to come from? And being open-minded and not pigeonholing yourself into, like, I can only do this. Like, and you it, could, it might not be economical opportunity. It might be that social it might be hey i don't have this i don't have the stress to worry about this i mean i look at like my early five years from now we might all be living on kozak's farm hunting deer and rabbits and shit and growing a garden Mm -hmm. and hanging out and smoking pot in the evenings and like maybe this is is so much better (laughs) not jordan (laughs) Jordan two of the three mike Mike and i'll be smoking i'll be growing it though jordan has a panic attack i can certainly roll uh, joints for you guys Yeah, Maybe that's, that's right. my spot. Yeah. It's like, like Farnsworth I, Bentley over here. Yeah, yeah. Look at me. 
yeah. <laughs> cross and, joint. And yeah, we'll have we'll have zero dollars between us, but we'll be sitting there saying to each other, "This is so much better than sitting in traffic to go to a nine to five every day." Yeah, yeah. Understanding what you have, and that's why, like, I think the more you have that mindset, the more resilient you become to to life and 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 things. And that I think that's kind of what's been shared amongst this this group of friends we've kind of gained over the last couple of years um, through this jujitsu gym and everywhere else. Like everybody kind of shares that like, it's going to be okay. Life's tough, but we're tougher and it's going to be fine. Yeah. Not only is it tough, but it's like accepting that it's tough. Like, uh, and leaning that, and into that you it. can't perfect it. And yeah. But so the, like, I've, it's supposed to be chaos and tough. Like, most people, if you see a baby deer get eaten by a cougar, most people are like, that poor baby deer. You know, it was just this cute little thing. But no one ever goes and they think about that mama cougar. And that that mama cougar has cubs. And it has little people too. And it needs to feed its people. Unfortunately, she can't eat a bunch of grass and throw it up and these little cubs eat it. She has to kill another animal and bring it home. Right? And so that's because the youth is getting soft. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's what it mean. That's what I mean when I say like this victim culture. Yeah, but it goes into that is evolution. That Always. is life. We okay. have to accept that there are going to be very unpretty and unpleasant things in our life. And actually, change, a lot change of those perspective, though, because that's the most pleasant thing for that cougar. Yeah, but yeah. that's what I mean. How beautiful is that 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 cougar has been able to fucking stalk a deer and all of a it's, sudden pounce on it? And its cubs are going to bed with a full belly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what we will think of a lot of times is like challenge or strife or chaos or a problem. It's like, no, nah, man, this is the way the world really is. The world is complex. It's chaos. It's dangerous. It's it's wonderful. It's sad. It's happy. It's anger. It's all this stuff. You know, so when you start to think in terms of like the world is going to exist whether you want it to or not and good things are going to happen and bad things are going to happen. But if you can understand that the world isn't for or against you, it just kind of is. Well, it's like now we're kind of going into a Zen philosophy that you're just along for the ride. This life we live is a river and we're just in it. And you can fight against those waves and try and swim against them, but the current's going to constantly pull you down river. So what can you do? Well, you can swim to the left side and go to the bank or to the right side or swim down. But there's no way you're ever going to be able to swim back up that river. Yes. And, and so these kind of light lessons. You, you hit on one of my favorite passages from the book, which is when he's introducing uh, sort of the notion of willpower. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that willpower is that swimming up river. Like, by God, mm-hmm. I'm going to make, I'm going to, I'm going to exhaust myself and I'll eventually die in this river, but yeah. I have the willpower to fight this current forever and ever and ever. And what he says, the true will is quiet humility, resilience, and flexibility. The other kind of will, the swimming up current, is weakness disguised by bluster and ambition. Yeah. So, and that that was that was one of the that was one of the ones that I was like, oh shit, I'm going to circle that page and yeah. come back to it, um, because that that yeah, we're we're talking about endless opportunity, and I think one of the important points is you can't you can't f- like 
yes, you should always be looking for opportunity and you should always be grinding away and scratching away. But there comes a point where you have to realize you're, you're trying to swim upriver and you need to be swimming to one bank or the other and find it. There's opportunity on the banks. Yeah. It may not be the one that you had set in your mind. Like you've got this golden vision up, you know, in your mind's eye and you're, you're just, ah, I'm swimming for it. You, you got to go find the opportunity that you can reach. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Being, being willing to pivot. You know, and, and, but again, it's one of those, it's one of those things where you get so set on this is what it is. I'm going to get to this goal. Yeah. And my kids are learning to play basketball. And so when I go play one-on-one with them in the driveway, I shade them to their right because they can only dribble with their right hand. (laughs) And they're like, dad, you're cheating. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm giving you the entire left lane. Yeah. You just won't dribble with your left hand. Yeah, and I said I, for until the day I die, every single time we come out here and play in the driveway, until you learn to drive with your left hand and take the opportunity that I'm opening up for you, I'm going to shade you to your right. <laughs> and that's you know what I mean. It's jujitsu. Yeah. It's basketball. It's it's literally everything. Yeah, there there's an opportunity somewhere there, but if you're so determined to dribble with your right hand, you may never be able to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having a bigger picture like the big picture the perspective understanding and this is what all of us you me everyone in the world people listening to this podcast like like we were saying earlier it's like uh or here's a perfect example if like you when you're young when i was younger i went through a couple breakups and it's like it's just so devastating i don't know what to do and friends are like dude find another one yeah you're young you have money you have a job got a couple good looks but not all the best <laughs> so like let's you know and it's all perspective based yeah and yeah. being in that moment is what sucks it out of you that's why when someone has like a conversation or a problem and the person that's having it they just can't figure it out and they tell their friend and their friend's like this is simple as shit yeah because they're not involved with they it. can't see the forest through the woods yeah the trees or whatever they yeah say, yeah that's you know? yeah for sure i mean i have those conversations with buddies all the time well, i have those conversations with you guys all the time yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> and it's just like and you guys are like you fucking idiot <laughs> and it's like oh yeah like fuck you know and because it, it, you get so caught up on your goal and it's it's easy to you know not want to pivot or, or make that adjustment. And um, I think that's really important as to have a tribe of people around you that are looking out for your best interest or trying to look out for your best interest, whether it be a little bit misguided or not. They are, you can trust that they care enough about you to tell you, hey, look at the opportunity in front of you. Yeah. And, and it might not be the easy thing to tell you, but hey, just so you know, this is this is something that you might not be a blind spot that you might not be seeing because you're concentrating on your goal. Well, and yeah. also you guys don't have kids, but that's that's a lot of parenthood right there. And we've gotten lost in this uh, special snowflake mentality where we we're only supposed to tell our kids, uh, you know, happy positive things. Like it's okay to like pull them back. And be like all right, that was a really fucking bad idea. Yeah, and now you need to you know, basically fix yourself. Like the amount of times I have to grab my 11 year old son and be like, I mean, we're talking five, six times a day. Be like, Hey, dumbass, what you're doing right now is stupid. So slow down, breathe, think about it. 
because he is that swim up river type. Like he just has that hard headed mentality, which I probably did when I was young too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you probably see a lot more in him if you look at it, than than you realize. Like there's a there's a lot more of you in him. Oh yeah, Yeah. no no no. Yeah, Yeah. it it, more and more. It's like Jen points it out all the time, and I'm like, fucking shut up, woman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and let me let me tell all the parents out there: uh, don't be afraid to pivot and hit your kids. Yeah, you know. Whoa! Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you oh, know, not man. not in public. There goes our daycare yeah. sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> Kinder oh. care. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I've honestly, I've never struck my kids, but I, I think that it's joking. it's only I'm because. Joking. Well, I think they need it. To be honest with you. Well, they they need they need to be. They need to understand. They they are living in a consequence free environment. Yes. And. The way my son will talk to Jen and I sometimes, it's like, dude, if I had spoken to my dad like that in 1991, he would have punted me. <laughs> he, he literally would not have stopped kicking me all the way off our property. Yeah. Like, not not uh, metaphorically kicked me off the property. Literally. He would have literally physically kicked me over and over and over again as he's rolling me down the driveway yeah. to the end. You know what I mean? And, be yeah. like, and if you fucking come back onto the property, you better fix your attitude towards your mother and I. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I certainly remember moments growing up where uh, it's like, you know, don't ever talk to your mother like that. Yeah, and it was just like, oh shit, you know. Um, I was an angel. I no, dude, not me. I mean, I was I was a great kid. My parents are lucky to have me. (laughs) See, my parents did psychological (laughs) warfare because I lived with my dad and my stepmom, and I remember if like I didn't do something right or I got like bad grades. They'd make me wear like dorky clothes, <laughs> you know, oh, instead of like the clothes I loved oh, and I God. had. They're That's like, you got to wear these corduroy pants and like oh, man. these shoes. And I was like, oh, oh no. that I wish it would just hit me. Dude, Dude I grew when, up in Omac. Where it is, you guys have seen Napoleon Dynamite, right? Yeah, yeah. That, I, the reason I was laughing when I watched that movie is I was like, oh, I lived this growing up where the, there was a JCPenney and a thrift store. Yeah. And so... Everybody was wearing, uh, remember, uh, No Fear T-shirts? No Fear and yeah. Mossimo. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what was sold at JCPenney. Yeah. Yeah. And then half of us whose parents wouldn't pay for clothing, we just had, like, T-shirts with, like, fucking Mickey Mouse on them. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what the thrift store thrift, <laughs> thrift store had. Yeah. yeah. From whatever people's vacation came back. <laughs> yeah. Tobin's got a shirt, World's Fair in 1948. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, nice, exactly. looking good. Yeah, that's vintage. Oh, <laughs> I can remember even, like, I remember my dad coming home and like, hey, I got you. I found a T-shirt at the lake here. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you're welcome. It should fit you. It should fit you. Yeah. We'll cut it. the sleeves off. It here. looked about your size. Somebody left it on the dock. <laughs> yeah, we had we had a little bit of that uh, mental, you know, warfare going on at home. Like when growing up, when I was a little kid, every um, business building, you know, all the all that like industrial stuff. Yeah. All of them were fucking adoption agencies. <laughs> And my mom did not hesitate to pull in there and tell us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was like, I remember one time we pulled up to this spot and it was just like, you know, who knows what, you know, company it was, but it was just, you know, and uh, she pulls in and she's like, this is it. The adoption agency. I've had get it. Out. Get out. Yeah. And I remember jumping out and I was like, fine, you know, me and my mullet just fucking walking straight to that door <laughs> and uh, just, you know. And uh, my brother jumping out and grabbing me and like, no, if he leaves, I leave, you know? And it was just like, brothers are sticking together. Yeah. Fuck you. We're out, you know? And then, you know, we're, we're crying. We're just, we're going to get, it's going to be fine. You know? 
And then, yeah. No. Way. Nothing but oh my, my fucking Jinko jeans and, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. bands. Um, We're out. Oh. But, I mean, uh, things like that, you look back and you go like that. Oh, yeah, you know. It's funny. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Me and my brother are close, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you see, also like the 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 length you can push parents, and they just like oh where where they start going, and it's like you're losing your minds. Yeah, like yeah. you know, looking back on it, my parents were young when they had me. You know, they were in their early early twenties, um, and yeah, just like it was kids raising kids. Yeah, you know, when you yeah. look back on it, and it's like some of the shit that they did was like that's a little wild, but. I wouldn't change it. You know, the lessons learned, you know, I, you know, I don't play with matches. (laughs) I'll tell you that. (laughs) I I learned that lesson. Thanks, ma. Oh shit. But I have to pee. All right. Let's Let's call it. Be right. All right. And we are back. Um, I kind of let it go there right before the break because I figured it'd be a good way to come back. But one of the points made kind of toward the end of the book that I also really like is Everybody needs to get a little more comfortable comfortable with the notion that life is temporary because mm-hmm. people conduct themselves as though they're going to live forever. And once you get used to the idea that it's all temporary, so none of it really matters anyway, that, that can really free you up to whatever it is you're wanting to pursue in life. And you're, you're coming up with all these reasons why you can't. A lot of times it's like, well, I, I can't afford it right now. Or I, I need to, I have so many other responsibilities. When you realize that this is just a temporary situation and whatever that thing is that you're wanting to go after, that's really what you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah, it helps put into perspective what really is important. I mean, I think one of the lines, I forget who said it, if it was the author, he said he was quoting someone. But in it, I've heard it a million times, but it was uh, this too shall pass, mm-hmm. you know, and that's talking about. That was Gandalf. Oh, never mind. <laughs> you shall not pass. You shall not my pass. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Uh, but, I mean, I think that goes for you as a person as well, and that you need to realize that even as much as emotions and situations are temporary, so are you. And that when you view life as that you're not here forever, it kind of puts more of a perspective or even a fire under your ass or maybe you're wanting to enjoy this life a bit richer or more or dedicate yourself harder to it than to just be a uh, bypasser in the world. It's better to maybe understand it's temporary and take the helm or the reins or try and figure out a way in this temporary life to get maximum satisfaction out of it. And that's, that's an interesting thought. Like when you, it, I, I'm not a parent. I want to be, but, um, I have two. Yeah. Have, I mean, like perfect. free to a good home. Perfect. Perfect. Um, but that's, that's one Finish of the that thi- kitchen and they're all yours. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, that's one of the thought processes behind it's cause you want to have a kid that is, um, I don't want to say subservient, but like they know their place in the home. And too many kids are running around these days that, like, think that they're running the house that they're living in. And it's just not the case. You, you or have, the kids you have to are follow. running the house, yeah. and that's why it's chaos. Not, it's yeah. out of order. But you need, to, you need to be able to set direction, right? And you need to be able to take direction before you can give direction. Yeah. And that's why, like, you look at, like, leaders that are, are solid leaders. They kind of come up through the ranks. They don't, they don't come down from the other side. You know, they've been through it. They've 
they've taken the the right you know they've they've worked their way into a position of authority as opposed to given a position of authority um so a it, lot of isn't the time there a stat that most inherited businesses fail like your dad starts a business and he runs it very successfully and then they pass it off to a son and then it just collapses within you know five to ten years sounds about right yeah yeah, I, well, I was thinking about that the other day, actually, and not necessarily inherited, but, like, how many businesses have been passed around, like, the, the biggest businesses in the world so far, you know? How many of them have, like, taken new CEOs and, like, are still so big that they, you know, they just don't fail? But, yeah. I mean, we're talking about very few tr businesses are that big. Yeah. But the ones that are, you know, they kind of get a new CEO you hear is announced and all of a sudden they're like still... Like a Boeing or... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That And it was actually Boeing that I was thinking about because I was helping a buddy clean out um, his the lower part and his brother was an engineer for Boeing. Yeah. Um, so he had a bunch of like, you know, Boeing stuff and like different, you know, blueprints and shit like that. And I was like looking at it, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But then I started thinking like, how old's Boeing and how many people, my whole life, I've always heard like Boeing, 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 Boeing. How many times has that been like passed around as far as like CEOs and ownership uh, or whatever? And like, it's still kind of going. Um, granted, they have to make adjustments and stuff like that. But anyway, I forgot where we, I, that was a sidetrack to what we were talking <laughs> yeah, sorry, about. Sorry, I interrupted you. Um, um, no, what were, what were, well, where were we going before that? <laughs> I no I, clue. I, what? I just, I just had a good point, and I didn't. I messed it up because I went down that. Damn it! Um, what yeah, the fuck? You know? uh, we were talking about getting more comfortable with the idea that getting more comfortable with oh the par par parents. Parenthood, so, yeah. so parenting. Oh, yeah. um, oh, the house being out of order. The house being out of order, and and but like learning how to follow direction before you can give direction, and um, it. As a parent, I would imagine you want your kid to be independent and be able to do things um, and make their own decision. But, like, I remember growing up and feeling like I couldn't make my own decision. Like, I need to follow direction. And I was taught to fucking follow a direction to authority and, like, whether it be, you know, the cops or this or that. And then, like, I was very, like, no, this is how you do things by the book. And it everything works out when you're honest and you're you're cooperative and everything, like everything always works out. Um, and it wasn't until later in life when I started like looking at like laws going like, well, wait and questioning them. I had, I had a, um, and not even laws, but just like rules. I had been working at a, um, a rest, a bar and grill in Kirkland. And there was a guy out on our patio and he wanted to move the tables out on the patio and it was it was kind of like set up for maximum yield of people right um and if you take two tables that sit four <laughs> and collapse them together now you have a table that'll sit six and not eight right yeah and he wanted to move tables together and like obviously it's it's making that party come in and you know but that's what he wanted to do he wanted to move a table around um and i don't remember if it was for more people to come or he just wanted to like look have moved the table into a different area. I, I don't remember exactly the situation. Um, but I was told to tell him, no, it's fire code. And I was like, okay. So I just thoughtlessly went yeah. out there and was like, well, no, I, I can't let you move that because it's fire code because I'm just following direction from my fucking boss. Yeah. There are so many people in society functioning that way. Yeah. Like, well, and this is, that was my, that was my awakening, right? It was like, I, I went to this guy, looked him in the face and just said what I was told. 
And I was like, sorry, but you can't move that table. It's fire code. And he stopped and he looked at me and he was like, you need to start thinking about what the fuck they're telling you. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, and I was like, you know, I'm an 18 year old kid. And I was just like, this guy's a prick. And it wasn't until, and it stuck with me. That, that little interaction stuck with me. It's one of those small things that people would probably forget about. Cause I was like, that guy was a prick. And then like, I started thinking about it. And I was like, that guy was fucking right. Like, Oh, like in, in letting the, him being an asshole to me pass. But it was like, Oh, I was just following direction. And really there's no fucking, we're talking about a three foot handrail next to him. And he wants to move a table and, I told him no because it was fire code. They're sitting on a patio. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> yeah. And um and yeah, and then him saying that it was like you need to start thinking about like what people are telling you yeah. and not just Te- because teaching, they're telling you. Teaching people to think critically is like I'm struggling with it right now with my kids. How do I teach them to think critically? And uh, still and still but at the same time, like life is busy and it's like, hey motherfucker, you need to go clean your room. Yeah, you need to pay attention because, to what I'm telling because, you. Because, like, I'm trying to teach you to think critically, but at the same time, there's also, like, because I told you to. Yeah. And I'm your dad. And I don't know how you live both The of amount those, of times uh, I was told that? I think that's, I told you to? Yeah, that's kind of life, though, yeah. right? Isn't it? No, be, because I told you to from a parent is an absolutely acceptable answer because yeah. sometimes you don't have enough time to explain it all. Um, but, I, like I said, man, it, teaching your kids to think critically is so important and my my older boy in particular is just so he's such an ornery little shit like resistant and argues and every once i'm like i get so fed up with him but then every once in a while i'm like but he's gonna lead the resistance when i'm gone yeah. you know what i mean because because yeah. that's his mentality yeah it's like all right just don't kill him yet don't just wait he'll be out of the house <laughs> in 10 years and, yeah yeah i mean it's it's uh Again, trying to find a new way in which to, like, communicate with him, you know, that's kind of like, how do you make, how do you take the energy he has and understand, like, this is the energy he has and we can work with it. How do we make it functional for everybody to where he feels empowered and still understands the role in which he is in? Yeah, and, well, that, and we try to give him a lot of responsibility, sort of to make his own decisions, which works. Like if if you're listening to this and you haven't tried this with your kids, do it, because one lesson I have learned is, the more responsibility I give them, the more responsible they are. So they they take it very seriously when you're like, like I remember the first time, well, I bought him a BB gun for his seventh birthday, and and it's a hell of a dad. Right. And, uh, yeah, fuck yeah, ex- that's awesome. Explained all, the, you know, the big four safety rules, took him out in the yard, had him practicing. And, and for a while, I would only let him shoot it when I was there with him. Mm-hmm. And then there came a point where he's like, can I just go out in the backyard by myself? And I was like, you know what? You've showed me that you, you have all these safety rules memorized. You've never screwed up once when I'm there watching. I was like, you know what? I'll just look out the window every once in a while and check on you. And every once in a while, I'd look out the window, and I could see that he was taking it very seriously and being very, like, deliberate about how he handled the BB gun. And pretty soon, like, you know, a week or two later, it's like, yeah, just take the – I don't care. You you know your rules. You're okay. Go ahead. And then that evolved into, like, a pellet gun and allowing him to take off on my parents' uh, 200 acres with the pellet gun by himself and go try to shoot squirrels or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And, again, every once in a while, I'd I'd be out, like, working or whatever or – 
doing my own thing in the in the orchard, and I'd just kind of see him through the trees. So I'd take a minute to kind of spy on him a little bit and make mm-hmm. sure that he's doing what he's supposed to be doing to be safe with the gun. And he was always on it. So it's how a, good does that feel, though? Oh, really good. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the the yeah, you you did that. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then now, I mean, even in like the suburb where we live, like we let he's got a pretty big like range where he's allowed to travel basically like he's got his bike and he'll be like okay i'm i'm going i've got nothing bigger than a cat (laughs) 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 if it's got a collar on it you can't shoot it no no no. we do not let him take the air rifle out in the suburb um but like we'll let him ride his bike to the gas station to get a treat or whatever and, Uh and he's allowed to take off with his friends and go to the go to the high school and play soccer and whatnot so we allow him a lot of free reign so that he can kind of feel like he's in charge of his life a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's it's just when he uh, when he starts back talking Jen and I a lot. That's that's when we have to sort of like smash him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's it's one of those things because I I remember having where you feel like you've done something and like the only thing you can do is lean into it. Yeah, and just like the feeling in your heart is like. I'm just so pissed. Fuck it. And just, you know, yeah. and I think I bet he has that feeling. Oh, I'm I sure bet he, he does. like he feels it and just like just just like I know I'm wrong, it. but I'm fucking Yeah, I'm but I'm in it anymore. Yeah, stubborn. Yo, he is stubborn yeah. as fuck. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I remember yeah. doing that and just like yeah. I smashed uh, some Legos and broke them and I was like, I'll never do this again. <laughs> that was that was my like understanding. Like I got sent to my room, I get up and I just start breaking shit and I stomp on like this Lego and I actually like break the plastic in yeah. half. Yeah. And uh, so the, the Lego was oh, no, no longer my, a Lego. My Star Wars X-Wing fighter is yeah, never going a, back together again. This is broken and my <laughs> heels all fucked up because I stomped on the Lego, <laughs> you know, and I'm up in my bed and I'm like, <sighs> and oh then the, the adrenaline starts going down and I'm Fucking like, Legos, my foot dude. hurts. I've fallen yeah. off. You know, <laughs> I've probably fallen down my stairs five to eight times at four o'clock in the morning because I stepped on a fucking Lego. <laughs> a little and, fucking oh, yeah, five year old landmine. Fortunately, dude. every every time I've managed to slide like on my butt, like feet first down on my butt, I haven't pitched forward yet. But I've, <laughs> li- I've fallen down on my fucking stairs because of my kids' Legos. You're getting home alone every time you wake <laughs> up early in the morning. Yeah. Oh, Fuck. Yeah. 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 Oh man, I couldn't imagine. That at least that's on carpet, right? Like yeah. that, that yeah. on hardwood. It's cause, ah, fuck. Oh. <laughs> yeah, feels like you're going through the bone. It's fucking things. Yeah, I remember yeah. being a kid. I had a super messy room and Legos everywhere. And the, yeah, same thing. You just you think your room was clean, and there was one Lego buried deep in the carpet, and you'd step on it like a landmine. Ah, Jesus! <laughs> you know, you go it, take a knee, hit the ground, yeah. my foot, <laughs> running real quick, yeah. <laughs> Dude, and I'm down. <laughs> uh. We used to. Uh, Um, All right, I'll tell a quick story. My brother used to jump and swing from the coat rack, like the, you know, the big pole that you hang all Mm -hmm. your shirts or whatever in your closet. When he was like five or six, he would jump and swing from his. And right below where he would swing was a big box of Legos, like all the spare Legos, you know what I mean? So one day we went in there, me and my friend, and we put uh, lotion all over that bar. Oh, my God. Is this an older or younger brother? Younger brother. Oh, Jesus. So the next time he jumped up there to swing on that bar, he (laughs) slipped off and fell into the the giant box of Legos, and we heard him just like, ah! (laughs) Oh, man. man. Older brothers are always good for something, huh? My my dad and my uncle tell me this story about... uh, um, Back in the day, they had, like, a buggy for a stroller, right? 
you know what I'm talking about, like yeah. the four oh, yeah. wheels, yep. and yep. it kind of bounced back and forth in like a little carriage. And uh, they're they're in their uh, their cul-de-sac, and their cul-de-sac was like super crowned, right? Like it's meant for some heavy downpour. Yeah. And uh, they're up there, and my uncle, um, my uncle Dan has got this buggy and he's got our, his little brother who I think is five years younger or maybe six years younger in a stroller. So he's maybe a year and a half old and he's kind of got him in that buggy and he's kind of bouncing him around and whatnot. And, uh, my dad's standing there and, uh, you know, so they're, they're maybe eight or nine, you know, and he, yeah, maybe a little younger than that. Anyway, um, the, uh, the neighbor kid starts talking to him or something and he loses concentration, lets go of this fucking buggy, and right. he starts rolling down the hill towards the yard, and he re- or the down the cul-de-sac, um, and he's like, "Oh shit!" And my uncle goes chasing after it and can't get to it, and it hits the curb, and slingshots my uh, you know youngest uncle George out of the fucking <laughs> oh out of the stroller God. into the yard. And he, I mean, we're talking an infant. Just getting wong, and it. He said they said that like the buggy was like bouncy, right? So it just like catapulted oh, yeah. him out into the yard, and he fucking lands in the yard, and they run up and scoop him up, and he's like trying to get him to quiet crying or quit crying because they're like, oh, you know, at least he's crying. That that's gonna, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. gonna fucking kick our ass, you know? Like oh fucking. Then he puts him back, and he's like playing with him and like bringing him around and kind of taking him away from the house a little bit, so like the tears can't be heard, and. uh then my dad's like, why the oh fuck didn't you catch that? Like, I can't believe you didn't catch that. Like, you didn't even, like, and he was like, it went faster. Like, see, l- watch, here, try. And he fucking, my dad lets it go, and he's like, I'll catch it. And then, like, my dad couldn't catch it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they launch his ass back into oh, the yard they put again. the baby back in it? Oh, my <laughs> yes. God. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> they, launched they launched him into the yard again, and they pick him up. And they're like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then they take him back. Yeah. What? And they're just like, yeah, oh. older brothers. All dude. right, one more. Just see if we get two out of three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, so. But I mean, that's older brother. That's putting you put lotion on the fucking pull up bar for your, your brother over the top of some Legos. Uh, yeah. Oh man! All right, bring it back around. What we were talking about? Critical thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Yeah, I mean, I think I think oh, there's Lord. some. Basically, what I was trying to say in the very beginning of that was, as a parent, that I'm not. But as a parent, I would imagine you want to raise your kid in a way that creates uh, you have authority. They understand the authority. They mind the authority. But when they go into the world, they understand, like, sometimes you're the fucking nail and sometimes you're the hammer. And you need to know when that point is. And you have to be able to, like, work around the world in that direction. You can't tell your boss to eat shit because they're wrong. But there's a certain way in which you can deal with uh, said boss that isn't necessarily telling them to eat shit, but like, hey, let's try make, and make like, suggestions the yeah, right way. But and um, not and not yeah, blow up because they're telling you to do something that's maybe wrong. But also when that kid becomes a cop and they're listening to their fucking governor say some wild shit to be able to stand up and say, Hey, this is wrong yeah. and I'm not going to do this because this is gonna affect yeah. people down the line that is that's more important. Yeah. And understanding what true values are and where the true importance lies. Yeah, and, and you're right on it. Is you know, my goal is to teach them to make good decisions for themselves, you know, combined with critical thinking 
and going back, you know, to earlier in the show talking about failures, in order to teach them to make their own decisions, you kind of have to let them make their own decisions. And sometimes they're going to make bad decisions. Mm -hmm. And that's when I'm the hammer. Because like I said, the, you know, when I fuck something up, that's when it really gets burned into my brain because I've tried so hard and I failed. Well, when you make a bad decision, dad drops the hammer on you, then that's your, that's sort of your like, oh, burn that one into the brain. This was a bad idea. Well, and so, in, in putting them in situations where sometimes the consequence is the hammer, you know, that's where I was saying like, have your kids cook dinner. Yeah. They, you, you, they might not be ready for it or you can show them, like kind of guide them through it a little bit. But then one night have them cook dinner and have them like take responsibility for the entire family's meal tonight. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing more, uh, when you cook for somebody, you care so much about that meal, especially as a kid. Like, you, you care about, like, I want this to taste <laughs> think, good. I want I, this to, like, I think, work out. I think my oldest one would make us toast with fucking butter on it, and the youngest one would try his ass off. I bet the older one, I bet I bet you'd be fucking blown away if you were, uh, like, you teach him a couple things on how to make stuff. Yeah. And then you let him do it himself. Say, hey, I bet he'd fucking want to serve everything up on a plate. Yeah. You That's know? And it because we'll, might have to try that. At that point, like, they're taking that responsibility, and guess what? It, if you did something wrong... You know, it's not technically wrong, but yeah. you're going to find that you care more about something and you want the family to enjoy what you've made. Yeah. Um, Plus, it, when you see positive affirmations from someone for a service or a deed you did, yeah. just reinforces that yeah. concept. Actually, of, no, I'm, I'm going to talk to Jen about that tonight. That's a good idea. Yeah, I, I think um, that that um, it, it just it 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 shows them like I created something and people liked it. Or my fam, I did this for my family, or they did it, and they were like, "Oh, that was dog shit," and like I ruined the dinner. Or I half-assed like, it. Now I feel bad about it. Yeah, yep. yeah. Or I didn't try my hardest, or I burnt something, or fucked something up, and yep. it's like, hey, then well, we're eating it. So yeah. one one thing that is working is he made one of these uh, like tryout soccer teams, right? They play year round, and he's really excited about it. And so what I told him is, now when you when you fuck up at home, I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm just going to tell you that, well, you're going to miss whatever the next event is, whether it's a practice or a game. I'm just going to say, sorry, you're not making that one. Because at some point, if you are not showing up regularly, your coach is going to go, hey, um, I can't rely on you to be here, so I'm just going to have to give your spot on the team to another boy. Mm -hmm. And now it's not me who's like sort of providing the punishment. I'm just saying, you know, you, you expect me to run you all over Snohomish County taking you to soccer practice. Well, when you don't help out the family at home, that you know that it's it's you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. If if you expect me to be on beck and call whenever there's a soccer practice or a soccer game to run you around, well, then you need to pitch in at home when we ask, mm -hmm. and not you know give us a bunch of shit because we need a little help in the backyard for two hours. Yeah, and but so that that takes the punishment out of my hands to where it's just like, well, I'm sorry, man, you didn't help us out this week, so I can't drive you to practice. Yeah, the concept of that of. Mom's not a fucking mom and dad aren't uh, not here to a serve taxi you. cab. Yeah, we're not we're no. not your servants. And in understanding that, it, I think it's lost on most kids, and I think that's kind of the issue that's straight going out of on. his mouth. Uh, a few like about a year ago, he's like, "You're supposed to provide me a good childhood." And I said, oh, <laughs> "Sit down, <laughs> sit down. Let me explain to you what I am supposed to provide for you." Yeah, one meal a day and a place to sleep. And I didn't say a warm place to sleep. I didn't say it was dry. 
Yeah. Just, or I should say a safe place to sleep. Yeah. And that can be the backyard. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that one meal a day can be a bread with peanut butter on it. Yeah. And you are not entitled to three meals a day and fucking pantry full of snacks and us rushing you around. You know what I mean? It's like that, that, that air of self entitlement. If you allow your kids to grow up with that, you're really fucking them up in adult life. I, I think that I think we talked about that last week, where I was blown away at my buddy's pantry and like how we weren't. Yeah. we were just able yeah. to get into a pantry. I, it's still it's like, what the fuck are yeah. you talking about? In fact, about? I went home and talked to Jen about it because all the kids will come in and like just head to you know grab themselves some chips or whatever out of the cupboard, and I'm like, it doesn't bother me because no, it's it's, like, that's what whatever, it's there for. Yeah. Go eat them, but at the same time, I'm like, man, do you remember? Like, and I don't think she had that experience. I guess maybe girls were different, but yeah, the same thing where it's like I I wouldn't even ask for a snack. I would just hope. That whichever Dad, friend's mom yeah. I was at, their mom like offered us a snack. Off, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were, I remember that like just being going fishing and being fucking just hungry as shit. He was like, "Come on, open that bag of chips, please." Dad. <laughs> yeah, open that bag of chips. <laughs> it, the food's there. Uh, There's yeah. a bag of Doritos sitting on a picnic table, unopened. <laughs> and I can just, we please fucking some, God, somebody. somebody fucking open it for the love of God, Dad? Yeah. Come yeah. on, yeah. you know. Yeah, I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And and then finally it would happen, and I was like, oh, this is the greatest. Yeah. This is the greatest yeah. goddamn Dorito I've ever had. <laughs> you know, let's keep fishing. This yeah. is good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Or you go to a friend's house, and they have foods that you don't have. Oh, yeah. And then you go back home, and you ask your parents to get them, and they're like, fuck you. Yeah. You know, they'll never get them. Sean's dad has a Costco membership. <laughs> yeah. You're a real piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. No, like... Look at this. They even they make it that big. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah. my god! But then, I've never I, seen so many M and M's. Yeah, I, and I also remember even the other kids, like my friends, being like, "Oh no, we're not. We can't get into those because they knew that when they were gone, like mom's not going back to the store for two weeks. Oh yeah. So if I let my friends come over here and eat all the snacks, then I'm gonna be out of snacks. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta manage this. Yeah, these, exactly. This these heathens are over here trying to get into <laughs> yeah, my yeah. Doritos. <laughs> all my buddies are trying to get my shit. I got to tell them we're not, you're not welcome. <laughs> no, dude. Oh, man. Yeah, all right. Well, we're getting out the uh, fucking crackers. You can't have the chips. Yeah. We're getting wildly off topic. <laughs> Wait, this isn't about the book. I know. I know. Anyway. Well, I was just going to say, should we, uh, should we start wrapping this one up? Do you guys have any more thoughts on the book? I, I just think the obstacle is the way is a good one. Um, yeah, it's it's a light read and a fast read. It's it's 170 pages, but it's small pages and big print, so you can burn through it really quickly. It's not like you have to dedicate two weeks of your life to it. Yeah, simple concepts, and yeah. they're they're all powerful. Yeah. Um, I think, like I said in the very beginning, you know, I I was raised in a wrestling room where coaches tend to have small sayings that are. Um, of significant use throughout life and this is stacked full of them so i i had football coaches that said things like you got to be meaner than dog crap on grass <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> and then we'd all be sitting around going wait what i, I had coaches, it's like a joe biden phrase <laughs> i had coaches that would tell us shit like this here i'll just i'll just you know i one coach he always says uh life's tough but you're tougher and then like when you really think about it it's like yeah or the the only things you can control is attitude and effort yeah so but that's legit take control of that and that's but um, it's almost like you hear that so many times when you're a kid that you're like all right yeah shut the fuck up and then later yeah. it's not until you're much older that you go wait a minute i mean i took that shit to heart 
oh, instantly oh, because because okay. I respected my coaches. I'd run through a fucking wall. Yeah. To this day, I'll kill somebody if my coach asked me to. Okay. Uh, ju- that's that's not real government. I would never actually <laughs> do that. This is not admitting guilt to anything uh, that might happen in the future. Um, we do have two subscribers from the FBI. Yeah. Hey, guys. I wish we could get more. Um, <laughs> Maybe we need to say more inflammatory <laughs> shit. Um, but, uh, like, I one, there was a story of, like, in Oregon, there was a guy who bought a chunk of land and a gold plot or, a, you know, whatever they call that. And he, he started digging. He knew, that he knew no. there was gold yeah. there. And more people came. And he, he brought his family came. And he used his life savings. And, and bought this little bit of land, and he starts digging for gold, digging for gold, digging for gold, and then he runs out of money, and his family has to leave. So his family leaves. He's like, I'm going to keep digging. And he keeps digging, and he keeps digging, and he's like, finally one day, he's like, I just can't fucking dig anymore. I got to sell this off. There, I, I can't do it. This is, I've lost everything. I've lost my family. I've lost my money. I've lost everything. And he sells his plot of land, and then three foot later, the guy he sold it to hit the biggest gold vein in Oregon State history. Yeah. I don't know if that's a real story, but I was told that. It's and you know what? Guess what? I didn't fucking give up because yeah. I always thought I was three foot away from gold, yeah. you know, so don't stop You never digging. know when you are. And, and and that's kind of part of the thing with all this whole this whole story, you know? like We, it, we, might, we might be at 26 subscribers right now, and we're three feet away from gold monetizing the podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's, and like... It was just, it was that. So this book really gave me a lot of those things to think about, just like the coaches I've had for the last, you know, 29 years. uh, Show me, you know. And uh, so in that regard, I really enjoyed the book because you can read, you know, you can read a couple chapters and it gives you a few of them to think about for a long time. And then you can pick it up again, read a few more chapters and it gives you more to think about. And you don't have to like consume the whole thing at once, like a story. Um, you can just pick it up and kind of go through sections and it, it stands on its own. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. So yeah, pick up the book. It's, it's good to read. Um, and uh, it's like Tobin said, it's pretty straightforward and simple, big print, small pages. It's just up my alley. Um, so, you know, and I still listen to it on Audible. (laughs) All right. Uh, show notes here. If you guys are enjoying this podcast, you know, like we say, share it with your friends and family and also go to Apple or Spotify and leave us a review, please. Because the more reviews we get, we're outside of this. When your show is new for 90 days, most of the hosting services They'll sort of put it in front of people as they're, you know, if someone's just sort of scrolling through um, like recent episodes of random shows, they'll, when you're a new show, they, they put yours toward the top of the list. Well, we're outside of that 90 days and we've seen a dip in listenership. And so if you go and leave us a review, that, that helps with their algorithms. Like the more reviews we get, then obviously the more people are listening to the show and enjoying it and it helps push it in front of a wider audience. So if, uh, you know, it takes 30 seconds and a few taps on your phone. Just uh, head over to Spotify or Apple and leave us a review. And yeah. that's about all I can think of. Click that furthest star on the right. Yeah, yeah baby. That's exactly. right, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Click five because there aren't six. Yeah. yeah. The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday.